Hello, my darlings, and welcome to this week's episode on the Well and Worthy podcast. I hope you are off to a wonderful start to your week. Happy Tuesday. Um, I always say I'm going to record episodes on Mondays, and that is always the goal, but a lot of the times it does end up being Tuesday. So, like, eventually we'll land on a date is what I'm hoping, (laughs) but my goal is so that you can have it accessible to you sometime at the beginning of the week so that you can use it um, as you go about your week, as you're on your hot girl walks, as you're in your car commuting to work. Uh, That is my hope. Um, I just wanted to update you guys. So changes that are extremely exciting are coming to the podcast. Uh, We are going to be taking a new name, dun, 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 Um, a new cover, like new cover art, new photo shoot. It's super exciting stuff. Um, I'm working with my co-founder right now on our Instagram color palette. And I'm just so happy that Well and Worthy and the idea behind it is blossoming, um, which is a hint toward our new toward our new name and vibe. <laughs> um, but I'm just really, really excited. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, I am going to be like posting about it on the Instagram, the TikTok as per usual. But yes, don't get jump scared when we change the cover art. Um, I am making it based off of the beautiful cover art we already have. And I'm just so excited to branch out and make this uh, wonderful community get the beautiful makeover uh, that it deserves. So those are my updates for this week. And today we're actually, what we're talking about, um, I, the reason I bring it up today is because I feel like it has helped me with my mental health more than like anything. Like we're talking about a topic that is so near and dear to my heart because it permeates everything that I do like every single day and I think that it uh, hopefully will be helpful in in helping you kind of just like focus in on what helps you enjoy life what helps you appreciate um, the world around you and help you uh, go into your hopefully slowly blossoming springtime weather uh, with a new refreshed uh, mindset so all of those tools that people talk about like meditating and going on walks and stuff like that are all tools toward the big thing that um, I think that we're trying to get at today that we don't talk about enough. So we're going to actually get into the nitty gritty of how to combat bad mental health by actually learning to slow down by uh, analyzing our place in society as productivity machines and learning to enjoy our lives and putting joy at the top of our priority list uh, because I think this is the number one tool to help us uh, take claim of our mental health and actually be happy people. Um, of course, I want to preface the episode, though, by saying I'm not a mental health care practitioner. You know, this isn't professional advice. I'm not a doctor. Um, and therapy has been one of the best tools in combating anxiety, in kind of learning how to take care of my mental health, and also in diagnosing long-term like actual mental health uh, issues so i definitely recommend that uh, if you need professional health help do not hesitate to reach out like your university might have really great services i know better help is really easily accessible virtually um, and there's a lot of free services i can link some in the description box below and i know i have links on a lot of my other episodes um, if that's something that you're looking into therapy is a tool for everybody Uh, no matter what, no matter if you have a diagnosis or not, it is a helpful tool. So I recommend looking into it. But why don't we just jump in? So I saw this TikTok yesterday that was a girl reminding me that I wasn't in trouble. Okay. She was like, just a reminder, you're not in trouble. Like you don't have a superior who's angry at you. You're not in trouble for something you did or something you didn't do. No one is heavily monitoring every single step you take. 
and it's okay to let yourself rest or chill or relax. And I literally, when I watched this TikTok, had to shut my phone off after watching that video and go over to a mirror and look myself in the eyes and be like, oh my gosh, exhale, I am not in trouble. You know, I'm not in trouble because something about that was just so profound to me. I feel like a lot of anxiety that's caused in my life, and this seems like a pretty common experience with a lot of my friends too, but like a root of anxiety is feeling like you should be doing something all the time. Like no matter what you're doing, there's, you know, a bug in the back of your brain that's telling you that you should be doing something else, that you should be doing something productive or something less boring or, you know, whatever it may be. And this is something that was so subconscious to me. Like I didn't even notice it until that girl on TikTok called me out. And I realized I kind of do sometimes feel like someone is constantly mad at me or like I'm constantly in trouble for not being productive enough. And it's that feeling from when you were a little kid where you'd be playing with your toys and instead of cleaning your room and you know that you'd be getting in trouble later for not cleaning your room. But that feeling has extended into my adult life. And whenever I'm trying to just relax, there's like a subconscious notion that my brain and my body have really stored that believes it should not be doing what it's doing, that I'm in trouble, that I deserve, you know, the productivity guilt, what have you. And I think that that's something that I'm really trying to combat. Even just today, I was absolutely so tuckered out last night because I'm in my luteal phase and I'm also fighting off a cold at the same time, which is a nasty combo. But a side note is you don't even need to have a because or reason. Sometimes your body's just super tired. But I was so tired that I was getting ready for bed much earlier than I usually do, like much earlier. I didn't do homework. I spent the evening hanging out with my boyfriend and chilling and just going to bed. And I ended up sleeping through my class today, sleeping for like 11 hours. I don't remember the last time I slept for like 11 hours, guys. I was so tired. So I had this perpetual guilt that was telling me, wow, that's so bad of you. Like you're not being productive. You're not doing your homework. Like you should have done your assignments earlier and like not slept so much nagging and productivity guilt like in my ear. And this, this productivity guilt is a combination of so many factors. You know, it stems, of course, from things we were taught as very young children, but it's so common. It's not just like a childhood trauma type of thing. It's more like a societal belief that was instilled in our parents that they also, by nature, instilled in us and so on and so forth about productivity in relation to our bodies and our minds. Um, and we're actually studying capitalism and its effects in my political theory class, Um for us, we're talking about just like the specifics of capitalism, how it is about private privatization of property, privatization of, you know, everything of property of bodies of resources. And it's built on the notion that you can build your way from the ground up individually. It's a very, you know, individualistic mindset. It does not necessarily prioritize collective giving, collective contribution, etc. It's basically the American economy. It's a really great example of capitalism, but so many countries over the world are capitalist, um, in fact, the majority, but a lot of cultures have really built their identity around the growth and grow and produce mindset, so to speak. You know, this so this feeling that you get that's gnawing at your brain, like the productivity guilt, is not something that's unique to you. You know, productivity guilt is not something that's wrong with you. It's literally something that's been drilled into the heads of the collective in order to create the society that we live in. But it's actually something that's really quite dangerous for us to internalize for our mental health. When we're turned into machines by ourselves and by others, we create unrealistic expectations for our bodies and for our minds to always be producing something. When in fact, that's not 
at all how our bodies are designed. Um, and in my political science theory class, we're learning about it in the context of the female body. And, you know, if you know what I do here at Well and Worthy, or if you've kept up with some of my stuff on cycle syncing, you'll know that I'm all about the female body. Like I find that it is my mission on this earth to be able to reframe society's expectations of female biology and make the world more accommodating toward female bodies so that, you know, I can help with the global shift in perspective. And so that is the perspective I'm coming at this episode with. Um, and I just want to say that, like, I think that productivity, guilt, and capitalism is a much deeper, bigger discussion than just women. But on the show, um, I like to talk a lot about how these things affect women specifically. So for women, especially, our bodies are not designed for the 24-hour workday. That's the same every single day. Our ability to focus, our ability to communicate, the amount of sleep we need, the amount of heavy things we're able to physically carry, like our emotional and logical headspace is all fluctuating throughout the month. It's not the same day-to-day -day as is the case with men. And this is based on our hormonal cycles, which fluctuate in comparisons to men's, uh, which operate on a 24-hour cycle. So literally the world and the workday has been built for men's hormonal cycles. I mean, it makes it so that, you know, women are forced to be working and focusing at parts of their cycle that don't necessarily work, you know, because there's parts where they can focus better uh, versus, for example, be, you know, being more perceptive to detail at one part of their cycle. Uh, we're much actually able to make more connections with people and we're better at networking in the middle of our cycles as we give off a pheromone that actually makes uh, men view us as nicer or want to talk to us more versus at the end of our cycles when say our brains feel a lot foggier and it's a lot harder to communicate. And those are just some examples of why our hormonal differences affect our productivity and affect our output. And of course, um, this is something that affects our productivity guilt as well and our ability to be able to perceive what it is that we have to offer uh, in the world around us. And of course, if you want more information on this, I specialize in this kind of stuff. I'm receiving a certification uh, in exercise science for cycle syncing, which is a lot of what we do here. So stay tuned. Um, I literally love talking about this stuff, guys. Like I could talk about it all day. So make sure to give the TikTok and Instagram a follow. We will be producing lots of information content around uh, this kind of theme and to spread awareness about it. But on that note, uh, in terms of productivity, we're not meant to be producing every single day as women in the way that we view producing um, through a capitalist lens. Um, and I think it's so interesting because our body tells us it needs a break. Like we look at our hormones and our bodies are like, hey, I need a break. Like mine did last night, it made me sleep for 10 hours. And ignoring or invalidating that experience is actually disregarding my needs as a woman and as a person in general too. You know, humans have fluctuating energy levels um, that, and needs that we're not meant to be output machines all the time. But I think it's important that I analyze like, okay, I am in my luteal phase. I need to rest and validating that experience and saying, okay, like I'll give you rest, you know, and that kind of narrows down some of the elements of why we constantly feel productivity guilt um, and why that feeling uh, like someone's always mad at us kind of just sits there. But the actual biological reasoning remains that we cannot always be producing. We are not meant to not as women, not as people. So it really is an art trying to learn how to let ourselves enjoy things. 
it's an art trying to learn how to enjoy trying to teach ourselves how to slow down in a world that's basically trying to force us to move quickly since birth you know that's been instilled in us and i feel like i gained a really good perspective of this when i left my country uh, I'm from the U.S., but when I went abroad last year to uh, Argentina, I got to see a very big change in values at the way societies are just designed. In Argentina, people moved and operated very slowly, and I know this is the case with a lot of Latin American countries, I think. Um, people would tell me, like my host mom would tell me all the time, disfruta el día, like enjoy the day. Um, even just the way that they phrase things, like their language, like speaking in Spanish, the way you phrase things a lot of the time changes the perspective that people operate with um, and over like over there they would enjoy a cafecito every afternoon during their little they they have what's called merienda during the afternoon they would stop and have tea they would literally halt their day and be like okay that's it no more i'm enjoying my time with my friends or my family i'm having little coffee they would also have literal afternoon nap times where entire businesses close um, including banks like whatever like it was normal to know that everybody shut down for like afternoon nap. <laughs> like it was normal to rest and super abnormal to not. And I feel like here in the US, it's really common to boast about not sleeping, to boast about being so busy that you don't have time for things, you know, oh, I'm so busy or oh, I didn't sleep, you know, like that's almost like bragging about how productive you've been. But in other countries, you know, it's very strange. People would just look at me funny if I said things like that. Like, uh, a few friends I had were shocked when I told them I was planning to do my laundry and get a bunch of work done on a Sunday. They were like, the lavanderia is literally closed. Like, how do you plan to do your laundry? Like, everything's closed. And people would be like, that's so strange that you don't have plans, like, on a Sunday, either to rest or to hang out with your friends. Like, my host mom would be like, what do you mean you're working on a Sunday? That's abnormal. And I say this because it's so drastically different from the way that society works in the U.S. Here we're praised for overworking, praised for prioritizing work over literally everything, including relationships and family and health. And this is against our needs as women, as well as our needs as people. And I think this constant nagging feeling within us that we're in trouble or that, you know, we're guilty is something we really have to actively try to fight to overcome, um, to be able to reprogram our minds, yes, but more importantly, our bodies, because our minds and bodies they really work together. Like we store this message of productivity. We store this idea that we always have to be moving and it actually affects our nervous system. So teaching our bodies and brains how to relax actually allows our bodies to operate in what's called a parasympathetic state, which is your rest and digest nervous system rather than constantly operating in fight or flight. Because if we can do this, you know, operating in chill parasympathetic state which is how our body rests and digests, we allow ourselves to meet our needs, which of course is going to have good effects on our mental health. Um, so when we talk about how we improve our mental health by enjoying things, we want to make it a note to practice enjoying the day and actively prioritizing enjoyment and not feeling apologetic or guilty, one, for resting, whether that be spending time alone or sleeping or whatever, but two, for literally just enjoying the things life has to offer. You know, in other countries, uh, in Latin America, making time for your friends and family on weeknights, on weekdays is normal. You don't just live for work to go to sleep and to do it again the next day. You know, you cut down the amount of work you have to do. 
you go out with your family and friends at the expense of work or you prioritize that you put that into your calendar and you know i think prioritizing this in our lives involves daring to ask the question hey what if my enjoyment and happiness was a priority and not in a long-term grind what am i setting myself up for like future me blah 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 kind of way of course that's important i'm not saying throw your goals to the wayside i'm not saying forget your career goals and never show up to work everything is a balance as always um but I don't think that here it's normalized to prioritize your enjoyment in the way that we need to to actually fix the mental health crisis that's happening right now. It's not normalized to unapologetically get sleep or see your loved ones or prioritize being a parent or being a partner. And when I was abroad, and of course that, you know, may <laughs> this may have partially to do with the fact that I was eating croissants every two seconds, but genuinely, I think that the fact that I was a lot happier there had a lot more to do with the fact that I was given permission to enjoy my life and there was no pressure put on me or sideways judgment if I just needed to sleep or on the flip side of that, if I wanted to go out to dinner on a Tuesday or see my friends for a movie during the week, the week was not this preserved for your productivity time. You know, it was viewed as time that's actually being counted in our lives that are constantly ticking away. Like our lives don't just pause during the week. They continue and our mental health and our happiness is also dependent on those five days during the week. You know what I mean? It's asking, our mental health is asking so much more of us than to let our joy wait till Friday comes, to let our connection with our loved ones wait until the weekend, to not take the time to enjoy the little things. And carving out 30 minutes for a cup of coffee with a friend, you know, don't make it to go, but just like sitting down and enjoying your coffee or carving out the time for enjoying um, and all the little things that you can, you know, all the time, not just during capitalism's designated two-day rest because we aren't machines. You know, we deserve to feel happiness more than two days a week um, in case you needed that reminder today and in case you found yourself in that pattern. So that's kind of like the wake-up call portion of, of the episode that I was like, we need to like wake up to this concept. You know what I mean? Like it exists to prioritize our happiness. But then there's a question of how do we put that into practice then, Okay. That's all well and good, Sophia, but I live in the US. How do I put that into practice? How do we take all this information and learn how to reprogram our minds and bodies to not feel like we're in trouble all the time, to let ourselves enjoy, as well as maybe to relearn how to enjoy? Because honestly, we may have spent so much time trying to focus, quote unquote, trying to be as productive as possible, um, that we actually have forgotten the things that we love to do and we forgot how to find things we enjoy or even how to find connection um so i would say like you start step one is reprogramming your body reprogramming the belief that someone is always mad at you um and this begins with actual body work reprogramming your central nervous system to allow yourself to operate in that parasympathetic state we were talking about so letting your nervous system chill the fuck out you know there's a lot of practices you can implement and while Talk therapy is a super valuable resource um, and is super, super helpful. There's have been so many studies that have come out recently that show the importance of uh, basically what they call somatic therapy and somatic work, which incorporates your body into therapy because our bodies, I don't know if you've read the book, Our Bodies Keep the Score. I highly recommend it, but our bodies store messages. They store trauma and they're most of the reason that we operate the way we do. Like If we're not feeling well, 
uh, mentally, it's often related to our physical and vice versa. So body work uh, that have practices we can implement. And I want to say, um, I'm not going to go super in depth on these practices. You can vote below in like the little um, Q&A uh, underneath this tab. If you want me to expand on this and to talk about uh, the parasympathetic nervous system, I spent a lot of my past year um, reprogramming my nervous system, researching it, doing a lot of practices to help mine out uh, because I have autoimmune and reprogramming your parasympathetic nervous system helps your um, mental state, but it also helps your digestion. It helps all of my autoimmune symptoms. It helps your skin. It helps your sleep. Like It helps everything because you're not in fight or flight all the time. So your body actually has time to like do things other than just live and Feel like it's running from a giant lion. So I would love to expand on them, to talk a lot about these practices, vote below if that's something you want me to do. Um, but for now, I'll just let you all know that I think that that is the most important step in terms of allowing ourselves to feel comfortable in the enjoying of life, reprogramming our bodies using things like breath work. It's one of the biggest things I've done, you know, or uh, doing that before bed or throughout the day calming our nervous system via things like tapping, um, via things like eye movement therapy, going for walks. Um, those are all really, really helpful tools as well as, of course, meditation. I have really um, good ones on the podcast here that you can use, but I will expand on uh, more techniques hopefully soon. But you can also research on your own as well, parasympathetic uh, nervous, re nervous system reprogramming. Um, it has been just ridiculously helpful implementing the modern day science of actually incorporating your body into therapy and into, you know, the reprogramming work that we have to do to understand the things we need for our mental health to be good. Um, next is relearning how to enjoy. And for me, this involves actively implementing it into my day. Um, so, you know, carving out pockets of peace, pockets of time to enjoy, taking an extra 30 minutes to walk to your coffee shop, maybe instead of driving there. So you can look at the flowers um, and people watch or carving out time to get lunch with your friends or time in the morning to play with the cats, little things like that, that help you enjoy the day and create joy-based living in everything that you do. Because because when you create joy-based living, it's not just survival mode that you're in, but it's enjoyment. Um, and this is such a privilege that we get to implement. So it's silly to not take advantage of the privilege to be able to live our lives in pleasure and enjoy. Um, and I had a friend actually who uh, played on my high school volleyball team. She did a series on waking up at 5 a.m. to do something that brought her joy or reminded her of being alive before going to her 9 to 5. And she really fought the system with that. And I think it's a really good example of carving out intentional joy. So it can be small or big and you can alternate the big and small things because there might not always be time for, you know, a giant road trip or an, a karaoke night with your friends or a dinner party, but there might be time for a walk in the park or, you know, reading a fiction book that you love before you go to bed. And finally, I, I know it might be really scary to hear these concepts if you're kind of like, okay, like this is all stupid. Like you might be listening to this thinking like, okay, that all sounds well and good, but like she does not understand the realistic like asks of the world of like trying to get by, like trying to work my nine to five so that I can survive. And that is so, so valid. You know, it's hard to implement these practices if you're literally in survival mode. You know, if you never really got to form hobbies 
or things that you love outside of work because you were just so busy being in survival mode, maybe providing for people. Um, and sometimes I've seen this a lot sometimes with like some dads in my family, but like providing for people. And once you've provided for those you love um, and you're finally in a place of security, you're still going, like you're still internally running. You still feel like you're constantly fighting. It's hard to shake that survival mode off. So you might be coming from that, trying to implement joy. Um, you might be recovering from being, you know, a people-pleasing oldest child, for example, or you just had to fight to stay on your feet. So you never actually got to prioritize pleasure. Um, I hope we can take some inspiration from the Argentines in the sense that so many of them, the majority that I met actually, were financially insecure. They lived in a really unstable economy where inflation is literally like 200%. You can't trust politicians and their entire world lacks stability. So for them, they knew that they were responsible for their own joy. You know, they would tell me all the time that the world around them was crazy, but there was nothing that they could do about it except try to live their happiest lives in their own little bubble. So we get to be, you know, so busy trying to survive, fight for ourselves, fight for others, for the world, make social change for our job, etc., that we forget just how important the little joys really are and relearning joy that might not have even visited you as a practice since you were like a little child might be a really scary thing to do. But I encourage you to go within and to ask yourself when the last time was that you maybe were really excited about something. How can you implement that excitement into your day? Or when was the last time you were really curious about something, something that stretched your mind? How can you implement that curiosity into your day? Um, or, you know, the last time you smiled, what makes you smile that you can implement into your day? Um, how can you make these both big and small into your day? And I feel like that's a really great place to start if this is something you want to practice, but it's something that you're unfamiliar with because you haven't been given the privilege before to be able to look into this, you know, and forcing that kind of like slowness uh, into your life, regardless of what other people say. Um, I also encourage you to explore your local neighborhood. I feel like it's really fun to like I don't know, uh, you'd be surprised at what cool things you see when you explore it on foot instead of by car. Um, there's really fun ways to implement all kinds of these things, like even like redesigning desks or sewing. I love making music, interior decorating, designing podcasts, um, you know, all kinds of things um, that scratch all the itches of curiosity, of feeling alive, of excitement, of smiling and joy. And I hope with all these things, you can find ways to prioritize enjoyment in your life and look at this as an act of rebellion against a system. You know, you're doing something for the sake of being happy, for the sake of enjoying this one wild and precious life and for the sake of honoring your needs. And, you know, I'm here to tell you in case nobody has told you that that is reason enough. That is reason enough to do this. And people are going to question you. People around you are going to continue to brag about how little they've slept and how they continue to persevere regardless and all this stuff. And that's wonderful for them. And I hope that regardless of that, you do not feel ashamed to put this into practice and to make slowing down something that you do unapologetically, something that you implement even on your busiest days. Um, and something that you say like, hey, this is for me. I don't need to explain it to anyone. I don't need to tell myself to be stressed or to tell my friends I'm stressed just because everyone else around me is stressed, I'm allowed to enjoy. I'm allowed to slow down and that's okay. And it will be so much better for your mental health, for your body, 
Um, it's an act of rebellion and it is overall an act of courage. So I am so proud of you for doing this every single day, for looking into this, for tapping into your inner joy. I love you all. I'm grateful for every single one of you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a little review on the podcast. Be sure to follow, um, turn on the little bell so you can stay tuned when I release the episodes uh, in the future. And you can connect with me as always on TikTok or Instagram so you can stay tuned for informational stuff and for the awesome makeover that we're getting very soon. Um, And I'm just grateful for all of you as always for tuning in. I hope that your day and your week is filled with just so much unbridled, wonderful joy and that you can take the time to slow down this week. I love you all and I will see you next week.